gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Welcome everyone to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. I'm Ross McLeod and tonight, me and my panel, we are NXT. Doing my best Triple H voice, I've been gargling on gravel all day. Uh, this is our usual NXT preview as we look ahead to the 25th NXT TakeOver. Uh, I'm joined by a member of the original NXT panel, dubbed as the Dream Team, and two members of our NXT UK show, known as the Scottish Strong Style. <laughs> but before we meet them, but before we meet them, let's get the formalities out of the way, shall we? Ask Suplex Retweets where you get us uh, and give us your NXT predictions on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Also, if you use at Suplex Retweet, you can find our massive back catalogue of NXT previews, interviews, reviews and more. Just go to iTunes, Android, Spotify and Anchor. So, first up, it's a man who claims his hairline's not receding. He just held the foreheads were in fashion, so he started growing one. Uh, recently became a father, Stephen Strachan. What's for the bald joke? You're older than me. <laughs> I seen that Pidgeotto hair last week. I'll have you know my hair is actually quite long, so I'm not gone bald. Contradictory. <laughs> I'm not gone bald, I'm just too tall for my hair. Up next is my lovable sidekick. If you remove the word lovable and the fact that I'd never be seen dead in public with this tool, he is a hoax on my family name. He is Scott McLeod. <laughs> I've remembered the word sidekick. I'm nobody's sidekick. Thank you very much. Everybody loves me. What more did they do you? <laughs> and finally, a man far too comfortable talking about Tyler Bates' legs and Finn Balor's abs, making us all feel uneasy and undressing us with those eyes. It's Gary <laughs> Kerman. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to talking about Johnny Gargano's abs later on. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys. It's actually quite a good segue because we're going to kick things off with what will be the main event on June 1st for NXT TakeOver. It's going to be Adam Cole. Bye bye. There we go, somebody did it. <laughs> against Johnny, insert nickname here. It's going to be him against Johnny Gargano for the NXT title. I'm going to start with you, Scott. Do you think this will top the two out of three falls match from Mania weekend? Well, it, it depends because like they got a lot more time on like being a, a two out of three falls match, but. That's one of the good things about NXT is the matches get more time because there's fewer of them. But I do think a lot of the best moments in that match came in the final. Allowed to go hell for leather, so I think they'll be like they'll be able to go more hell for leather. Actually, top the match that they had last time. Fair enough. And uh, strike what about you, man? I think it will top it because the two eight three falls. You kind of knew somebody was going to get a pinfall, then somebody else was going to get a pinfall, and then we can get to the nitty gritty who gets the final pinfall. This is just the one pinfall is going to take it. Because so you watch the two out of three falls, you go, oh, it's fine, Johnny got a pin. Oh, it's fine, Adam got a pin. Then it's, oh, you're, all right, this one matters. So this will be kind of, there'll be a lot of false finishes and a lot of keeping you on the edge of your seat, which is what makes the match entertaining because it could it could finish at any minute. And it, the, like I say, the two out of three falls was highly entertaining. So this is going to be even better. Uh, what about you, Gary? It's really unusual, isn't it, to have a, a fall or two or three falls match with just a straightforward, normal match. In this match, is um, planted a seed, which I wonder if it will, will lead to the breakup of part of the Undisputed Era at the end of the night. It's been building uh, stories we might talk about later on when we come to talk about Roddy's match. For the past, what, six weeks now? Um, ever since Johnny challenged Roddy, 
match on NXT after TakeOver New York. We've been building that storyline with the Undisputed Era's falling out and having these arguments. So might this match see culminate in, um, in Roddy being kicked out of the Undisputed Era at the end of it? Yeah, we'll talk a wee bit about that later on. Um, just my, my personal thoughts on it, I think it will top it, just for the fact that the storyline going into it, there's a lot of different intriguing parts. Like, well, there is one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of different intriguing storylines going into it, and the fact that you know the last one was a last minute thrown together match because of Champa's injury. There's a lot of, there's been rumours online that it may be Johnny Gargano's NXT farewell. Do you think this will lead to the, the Undisputed Era said they'll all be champions in 2018? Do you think this is going to lead into that storyline or do you think, like Gary said, Roddy may turn on the Undisputed Era? I'm it's not Johnny Gargano's last match. Um, honestly, I, I don't want to see Johnny Gargano on the main roster because it's a simple fact. It, it, the same will happen to him again. It's happened to everybody else. He'll get lost in the shuffle. He'll probably job out a couple of matches and then get moved to 205 and then he'll be able to like, I hate this and ask for his release Yeah, what about you Scotty? I don't think it'll lead to the, the all I'm coming story as much as I would like that but I think this is more going to lead to the whatever the Roderick Strong like Adam Cole like story is I think either there'll be some issue on the night which causes uh, Cole to lash out and attack Roddy or they'll have something similar like they had a few weeks back on NXT where they have them all in the ring and Adam Cole just basically just berates Roddy until Roddy like can't take it anymore and just kind of mm-hmm. snaps him they've been doing that more and more like Adam Cole came really close a few weeks ago like, just kicking Roddy out yeah uh, we saw that what about you Gary? Uh, I really hope not I really hope not when Johnny had that random you know him Alistair Black Ricochet and Champa just turned up and Raw that night it was it should, his debut in the main roster or debut in Raw and SmackDown should have been so much more impactful than what it was mm-hmm. and the call-ups that we've had recently very few of them have done anything Had despite WWE having all this TV time they've not really done much to establish any of these characters maybe the exception being Ricochet so I really mm-hmm. hope it doesn't lead to Johnny's departure just yet for the reasons that Strat was touching on hope Johnny defends the title and goes on to have a good programme through in NXT through probably to Mania and then maybe I'd see him I'd be more comfortable with a call up call up to Raw Smackdown after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a rumour before and Strack touched on it could happen that Johnny Gargano when he was called up because he's one of Triple H's guys, Triple H wanted to put him on two oh five live. Scott, if he was on 205 Live, would that make you watch? Uh, yeah, probably. Like, I, I want to watch 205 Live a lot more regularly. I think like, some people may say that, but I think we need some people with the star power that make it more watchable so it don't want to be seen as a demotion like, in the future. Yeah, absolutely. What about you two guys? Would you watch 205 Live for Johnny Gargano? No, probably not. <laughs> I, love, I love Johnny Gargano, but there's, and I love wrestling. There's only so much hours in the week. <laughs> Do you know what I hate? This is, know, this well, is totally grinds my gears, right? There shouldn't be a 205 Live because it seems like mm-hmm. oh, there's this not a major show for the little guys and it's like the little guys can wrestle better than the guys who are like the bigger guys. You, like, mm-hmm. Let's look at this way. Johnny Gargano could wrestle the ass off of Hulk Hogan but yet Hogan's the bigger, would be a bigger star but yet you've got the indie things like AEW. AEW not got to make a light division. 
they just got to make a championship and have guys, it doesn't matter if you're big or wee, competing in it. They need mm-hmm. to stop this whole yeah. big guy, wee guy divide. It's really becoming irritating. In principle, yeah. in principle, I'm not against the idea of 205 Live. I think it would help if we went back to seeing some of the 205 Live superstars and that. She's on Raw and there was a prelude into or a reason to invest and care about these characters and then look for watch the show. Because without it being mm-hmm. on Raw or SmackDown, there's not really much going on to drag an audience over to the show that's on the network. So they're missing out on potentially millions of people being exposed to these talents and that product. I think it's a curious business decision. But it's just like, yeah, why absolutely. is Ben Ballon on 205 Live? Why is Daniel Bryant on 205? Why is AJ? Because AJ is no over 205 pounds. And why are they knowing it? <laughs> oh, I, I brought up um, weight divisions on 205 Live once before when I mentioned Viscera and I got slagged relentless for it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Viscera showed a bit dull or nothing in terms of it was Aja Kong dressed in the very men I'm missing light gear. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get your predictions now for this first match. Uh, Gary, who's winning? Johnny Wrestling or Adam Cole? Johnny Champion. The Johnny Champion, I should say. Strike, what about you? Yeah, Gargano. And Scotty Gargano Gargano And Just a wee tip Give me a wee 30 seconds each uh, Explaining why Scott Who's going to be next to challenge for the title? Uh, I actually Ooh. think I was going to wait till later to explain it But uh, I think Matt Riddle is going to be the guy That challenges Gargano Gargano needs a bit more Of a story While he's champion Because he's kind of Went to the side For uh, the last few weeks Because uh, The thing with Adam Cole Has been occupied by the Tension with Roderick Strong So it's not really A bit like Gargano's part of the story Fair enough uh, Gary who have you got um, that's a good shout about Matt <laughs> Riddle because it's, it's actually quite a tricky question because NXT is in one of these transition periods where they need to establish a, a bunch of new stars I wondered about Keith Lee because he's had a um, he was due to start a programme with Di- Dominic Dijakovic and then they had various injuries Keith Lee reappeared recently massively over with this, the audience I think the audience would eat up a match between him and Gargano and Strack what about you? I think Velveteen Dream I think he's only oh. going to win the title for a wee bit longer he'll lose it and then he'll have his match with Gargano and then Gatsman Gargano will drop it Fair enough and that actually transitioned as well into the, the second match it's the NXT North American Championship it's Velveteen Dream against a returning to NXT Tyler Breeze Gary just Talk to us about Velveteen Dream. How is there enough words to describe how good this guy is? Oh, this guy, this guy is amazing, and I, I love the promo that you know, the exchanges that Dream and Tyler had on NXT last week. There were some great lines in it. Playing cops and robbers, sitting and catering on Monday and Tuesday. Tyler Breeze in response talking about when you put your phone number in your trunks and you don't get a phone call, you don't get a call. That means they're not interested. Could not cut it on Monday or Tuesday? Oh, it was it was really entertaining. Uh, I loved it. Uh, there's an episode of NXT a couple of weeks ago when Dream came out in that couch. They're determined to get their money's worth out of that couch now. They've bought it. Uh, they got we got wheeled <laughs> onto the stage uh, to interrupt or to confront uh, Dijakovic. And you could tell at that point they were the match that they're building up to this takeover was going to be Dream and Dijakovic I think and he was singing uh, singing to him and it's just like I mean it was his vocal range is terrible but um, <laughs> uh, he's never going to win the X Factor on that front 
but there's just nothing this guy can't do and not make it interesting. He is just, he's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Scott, uh, how happy were you to hear the, look, it's Tyler, back on NXT? Oh, it was happy. And being like a guy who watched NXT back in 2014, where Tyler was back on the first takeover, seeing Tyler come out with just the phone, this is because this is the way back he used to go with just the phone rather than the stick that he would go on and hold. So it just felt like this was, this was NXT's Tyler Bees. This wasn't the Tyler Bees from the fashion place coming down. This was the, the old school Tyler Bees coming out. And as guy, go on what guy said that couch, well, they got an DFS on the sale, so they want to get their money's worth out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Strack, you've been very vocal about the mistreatment of stars on the main roster. How poorly was Tyler Breeze treated on Raw and SmackDown? Immensely badly. I mean, look, Tyler Breeze had a brilliant match against Jushin Thunder Liger, and then he came back to NXT and had a brilliant match with Ricochet. Don't get me wrong, he had a match with EC3 a while ago in main event, and it wasn't that great. But at the end of the day, I think it's kind of your chemistry with some people, because some guys, like EC3, when he took on Velveteen Dream, wasn't that great the, the build up was brilliant and the promos were brilliant but the match just didn't pop but Tyler Breeze him and the other team have both got really good personalities and see this whole thing where the guys if they're not really doing that well on the main roster I don't see going back to NXT as a demotion I actually see that as a promotion it's like you say well this guy can cover himself we don't need to have somebody write scripts for him we don't need somebody to help him put him over it's a case of well he was working I mean I've said this before how good would it be if AJ Styles was in NXT? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, seriously, you would just, oh. But um, it should be really, really good because, say, Tyler Breeze, he's even as came back, he's been really, really good. And Velveteen, if he's got Sunday Gels with really, really well, he'll draw a really good match at him, like he done with Alistair Black or he done with Gargano. So it, 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 the two of them will go for it, and I'm actually really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, he's had some great... His North American title reign has been tremendous. He's had great matches with Matt Riddle, Aye. Buddy Murphy, Johnny Gargano. You know, he's been absolutely tremendous. But the main question is, and I'll start with you, Scott, is the reign going to continue, or is Prince Pretty taking the point? Oh... You know, part of me would really love it if Breeze won, because I don't think a lot of people would expect him to come in and take the belt. But the main thing I'd like to see continue is just after that promo, uh, I really want to see them like keep us going for like, a couple of months just to see like what else they could do. Because like, you never really know with a dream. Like, you never expected them to ever come out on a couch and all that. You never expected that. I mean, ECC would have a thing where one of them got pushed in a pool. Like, you never know what to expect with them. So for that reason, I would love it if like he stuck around to do more with Dream. Absolutely. Uh, what about you, Strikers? Who's taking it? I would say Velveteen's going to keep it just now because, as Gary said, they're kind of going through a transition and they've no go at their, their kind of division set out right now. Because if they took it off a Dream to get to Tyler, there's people who can challenge for North American, but for the, the main title, it would only be Velveteen, really. And you don't want to take it off Gargano and send him to the main roster, then who have you got left for Velveteen? <laughs> so I think Velveteen is still retained. And what about you, Gary? I, I would love to see Tyler win it. The, uh, it's great. I think it's great he's back. I think it's great he's back as his original character. It's it's fantastic that this has happened. This is the type of thing that would happen in the old days when people would have went back to the promotion, but went back to WCW or whatever it was. Fans loved it. 
it would be great for Tyler's credibility, for lack of a better word, I can't think of a better description of it, for him to win the match. But I don't think he's going to. I think they'll have a great match, but I think Dream will retain. Well enough. I'm going to go, I think Dream's taking it, but I would not be not be upset to see Tyler Briggs holding that belt. First, can I just say, first off, I think all the selfies Tyler would take with the belt, but to go back to what Strack said earlier, we talked about people seem to forget also that match that Tyler had with Jushin Liger. I think if he won the belt and if Dream, like Strack said, went on to fight Gargano, you know, I would love to see uh, Tyler defend the belt against Kushida. That'd be a great match. Uh, and as you're talking about the selfies with the title, at least he wouldn't look like a tool like David Campbell or David Hockney, so you know. <laughs> Oh, leave David Campbell alone. Oh, fuck, I forgot. We've got one of you. One of the goatsmen, for Christ's sake. Oh. There's always one. Great for everyone. Don't even know how he got here. But I'm bunch. Right, um, so moving on to the third match uh, we're previewing here. It's a match from the women's division. The two-time champion, Shayna Baszler, against Io Shirai. I think this feud's been put together very well. It worked. It got Kyrie Sane onto the main roster and uh, helped develop EO because she was sort of just seen as the the May Young classic guy that was teaming with Kyrie. So I think it's worked very well but Shayna Baszler's always someone who she's a polarising figure. Uh, Gary, I'll start with you. What, what's your thoughts on Shayna? Do you know what? I actually, I, I like Shayna. What I don't like is her two pals. Um, <laughs> the, I remember talking before I think we talked about this in the podcast before we were talking about the four horsewomen of MMA Ronda, Shayna and the other two and they've done mm. nothing and as far as I'm concerned the other two have done nothing of note since they've came on to NXT other than just be there and have to fear every now and again so actually I, I, I really like Shayna I've enjoyed her as the champion I like her as this bully heel uh, and actually having backup should make her more dominant which I don't think has done that. I don't think he's really enhanced her character as much. I did enjoy seeing her get a hell of a beating with a kendo stick on the last episode of NXT. But yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Shayna. Strack, we've discussed many times your views on Ronda Rousey. We don't have the explicit button here, so I'm not going to ask you to talk about Rousey. But um, Shayna Baszler, what's your thoughts on her? Shayna Baszler has came a long way. I didn't really like it to start with because I thought, She's very one-dimensional. Every match is just same kind as Ronda. It's no, it's not a wrestling match. It's just to be used every MMA. I move. I know it's like, well, this is no MMA. This is wrestling. So you kind of put a match together. But Shayna has improved a lot. As Gary said, they two glasses that are wear. Just I don't see the point on. I'm like, why? Why are they there? They're just taking up a face slip. The four horsewomen. It's not. It's as credible as a Planet Hollywood jacket. Shayna should get moved to the, the main roster because the women's division has kind of is missing almost like a bruiser because Nia Jax and Tamina I don't really see them as the bruiser whereas you've got somebody like her somebody quite dangerous you've got a bit made it in it so and I, I we Ayo Shirai is she's the same as me kind of saying absolutely immense the Japanese women that are wrestling in WWE are just I'd probably say the best on the roster Fair enough. Um, Scotty, what are your thoughts on Shayna? Uh, I really like Shayna. I was, I know there was a lot of anger when she first got the title, but I thought she was the perfect person at the right time to take it because she was the perfect person to take the spot from Asuka and that the dominant champion that constantly holds on to 
the belt, but I felt she really should have lost it last month, last time at New York in the four way. And I think that if you like pinned somebody else, that would have let them have the rematch here with the whole like you didn't pin the champion, and this would be like you was trying to prove herself. But well, I think they're going to maybe have that here. But I do agree with their two. The other two horsewomen, they didn't really added anything because Shayna walked into the four where she may have a disadvantage. Sent me two at the back and then one by herself, which kind of negates having them in the first place. And also, they had a good spot where Io attacked Shayna in the performance there while she was doing a coaching thing with those two. I just thought to myself, Io, have you not seen those two wrestlers? Don't interrupt their training, they need all the help they can get. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we'll move from Shayna on a Eo, she's one of a few people to actually pin Shayna Baszler. I believe it's only her, Ember Moon and Kyrie Sane that have done so. She's coming into this all guns blazing, as Gary said, you know, the, the kendo stick attack. You mentioned the attack at the performance centre. Has she got a hope at winning strike or is this going to be another win for Shayna? I don't know. It's, it's kind of their call at the end of the day because 50-50, it would be no damage to either people. If Shayna retained or Shayna lost, it, honestly, it wouldn't hurt either person. If I go, I go to happy days, you've got somebody who's kind of developmental and no, she's not developmental, but kind of somebody newish, having it and getting a wee bit boost under their name, and Shayna would just go up. And then if Shayna retained, you've just really go somebody still quite dominant. But then the only problem with that is the same as with Asuka. If Shayna retains, you need somebody. Like a monster to take her out. Like, did they wish? Did they use Charlotte to get the, the streak after Asuka? So, yeah, as a as a tricky one. The longer a, a reign goes on, it, it builds to the you know, it, it leads to disappointment. I think you know, the longer a reign goes on, it's like if it's not the right person, it's like well, that was a waste of however many months they held the title for. Aye, uh, Gary, what about you? Do you think uh, do you think Eo's taking it, or is it Shayna continuing the the run? I'm touring in this one because I think uh, I think it would be great for Io to to take the belt. Um, but where, what do you do with her next? Do they have another? Do they have a rematch in Toronto? Uh, as almost a rubber match to finish the feud because there's nobody else really ready, is there? Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah getting a bit of a build up, getting a push. I think there's um, squandered squandered opportunities with Candice. I don't think there's really anybody else ready to it, so I can see this one going to another match, and logically that suggests that Eo's got to win for them to have a rematch for the title to to finish it off. I think it's quite good that this story's been quite a long-running one, actually, when you think back on it. As you mentioned, Ross, about Eo pinning Shayna in that tag match. I, I remember watching that at the time and thinking the next logical step would be Eo versus Shayna at uh, TakeOver New York, and then they went for the the three faces versus the one heel match. But no, to answer your question, I, I think probably on the balance of things, I could see EO coming out of this one with the win. Fair enough. And Scott, just quickly, who have you got to win? I think is going to win because as good as she is as a dominant champion, it's only so long you have a monster going through everyone before you kind of run out of viable contenders for it. So I think having EO go and since you know, the main roster, because I think Ryuji and her and Becky is like ready-made and... Well, you can help like rebuild the division with like some Bianca and Candice. Fair enough. So I'm going to go with Shayna. I just can't see her losing it this time, but wouldn't complain if you got it. 
So the penultimate match we're going to talk about tonight is the only non-title match on the show. We've got Matt Riddle, the original bro, against Undisputed Era's Roderick Strong. So this feud came about when Roddy cost Adam Cole a match against the original bro. Although the next week he took him out and he handed a bloody flip-flop to... <laughs> the Undisputed Era, which says to me that he only he beat him with the flip-flop. I, I don't know how, but um, we then saw a backstage promo with Johnny Gargano and Matt Riddle saying that uh, Angry Bro is not a good bro for Roderick Strong. So I'll start with you, Strack. Can uh, can Roderick handle the sandal, or is, uh, is, is Matt Riddle going to take his head off? That's the thing. Roderick Strong is really, really good, and so is Matt Riddle. I think, Matt, honestly, but Matt Riddle's a wee bit green because his match with Velveteen was really, really good, but he kind of lost when he was gone. One minute he was almost like he was going to turn heel, then he was going back to face, then he was kind of lost in the middle. And what, I need a bit more under your belt, but Roderick Strong, I mean, I, I thought of this, I thought, I don't know why, but I'd love to see it. If Roderick Strong was in NXT UK, if they were going to split him up for Undisputed Era, I'd move him to NXT UK, because that could be, I mean, Roderick Strong against quite a lot of the guys, could be really interesting. Yeah, he's got that sort of ground and pound style, hasn't he? It's, he's got a lot of the, the technical ability as well. He could go a lot, a lot of the British guys. So, I mean, it should be really entertaining because, say, Matt Riddle, he, he better, done better than expected with Velveteen in the last takeover. Roderick Strong pulled out some solid matches with the tag team with Kyle O'Reilly. So, I mean, mm-hmm. this should be highly entertaining. There should be a lot of impact. Like, that kind of, when you see him mm-hmm. move yeah. Hard hitting, yeah. Aye, it's, it's going to be, aye. It's, it's going to, I think it's going to be, it's going to be probably be the, the sneaky match of the night. Fair enough. Scott, what about you? Is it, who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for the master of the backdrop or the master of the flip-flop? <laughs> I did, I did like that in that segment that they did show there were people rushing to help him because it was just a case of the flip-flop. It just went like, it's just how you win your way back in this area. You give them a flip-flop. But, right, I still be sure. <laughs> couldn't bump me a pair, just the one. All right, but, uh, but uh, I do really think, like right, this could really steal the show quite unexpectedly. And this is a card with it's got a the big ma- a big match that we've got a bit to talk about. But yeah, like did like Matt Riddle hits really hard. I think it comes from his like MMA and USC background, but also you got Roderick Strong, who like you said is the master of the backbreakers, and also like the height he gets when he does a knee on somebody. I'll never forget when he took out a couple of jobbers on the stage and Bergeron just leaped. He appeared out of nowhere and when he appeared in frame, he was already in the air, just flew. He just took this guy out of nowhere. Yeah, I think both, they both match up very well, so I'm expecting good things out of this match. Gary, to the disappointment of myself, I've uh, not came up with a third pun, so I'm just going to move on to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm disappointed. Disappointed by the lack of effort, Ross. I know. Honestly, the backdrop and flip-flop, I'm going to have to listen back to hear what Strack said. The entire time he was talking, I'm going, what rhymes with flip-flops? No, I think the guys... I think the guys are right. This this match is a bit of a, a stalking horse on it. It's not the most exciting match on the card, but has the potential to deliver the most, I think. Matt Riddle is a rising star. He's got bags and bags of potential. He's got great upside there. And Roddy Strong is just—he's just a really good. He's just a really good wrestler, isn't he? He's—he's he's the type of guy that if you were running a promotion, I imagine you'd—you'd you'd be grateful to have him on your card, to have him as a team. The storyline build up to this 
particular match, you know, not pulling up any trees, you know, as you touched on, Roddy attacks Riddle off camera to prove himself, prove his loyalty to the Undisputed Era. And then one of my favourite parts is um, when Riddle runs in and attacks him from behind, he didn't have any shoes on because clearly they stole his <laughs> flip-flops from the week before. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's only got the one pair. So he's completely barefoot. He doesn't even wear shoes on his way to the arena. He's with Fit Now Found Out. There's only one. They're not flip-flops. It's just a flop. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I think his sandals are like Skinner's underpants in uh, The Simpsons. He only has the one pair. And when they steal his <laughs> underpants, that, that's him. <laughs> he can't afford to buy a new pair. <laughs> so um, yeah Roderick Strong seems to get these these random non-title matches on takeovers when he fought the likes of Hideo Itami and Eric Young he was thrown in an eight person tag you know Wrestlemania 32 weekend uh, 33 weekend but we, we mentioned before that it could be going on a maybe feud with his fellow Undisputed Era teammate do you think that will come into effect on this pay-per-view or do you think with the likes of Toronto and further down the road it'll happen then? I think that if they do do kind of a split between Cole and Strong, I think hopefully they'll have a match in Toronto. And if Riddle fights at Gargano for the title, like I think he will, the case of this, this match in the main event and that they've not had that much build, it's kind of a case of you need these matches for your stories going forward and that you go into it with Strong and Riddle and Gargano Cole, but you come out with Gargano, Riddle and Strong Cole, it kind of like sets up because it gives Riddle, uh, Riddle a big win to bounce back from losing to Dream, then sets him in the path to challenge Gargano. And he continues the story they've been telling ever since New York with the Undisputed Era. Enough for about you, Stuck. I mean, it's. I honestly thought that maybe if he did split Roderick Strong away from the Undisputed Era, he'd maybe be the one to have Velveteen for the North American. Because, I mean, if you could, if you're going to drop the title to anybody, who's going to be a solid worker, I'd probably say strong. So I'd probably see that that going that way. I don't know about the whole... They're teasing it, the split-up thing. They're kind of... They might date, they might not date. So it's, it's just kind of thing where... It's good if you don't actually know. Because if you can predict that show and go, they're definitely going to date it, then you're like, ugh, it's a point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gary, what about you? Um, you're actually going to... NXT takeover Toronto. Yes, I've got uh, I've got two sets of NXT tickets coming up. I'm going to see a house show in July when I'm in Florida, and then off to takeover Toronto, which I'm really looking forward to. So very pleased with both of those ones. But they've invested a lot of time in this story, so it's a question of when they pull the trigger. And you know, Roddy filling the uh, filled the gap and. The Undisputed Era quite nicely uh, for a period of time, but now, you know, do they need a four-man stable? It looks like they've decided not. So if they're going to pull the trigger, I mean, I'd be quite happy to see Cole versus Roddy at TakeOver Toronto. I think it's for me, it's just a question of when they do it, not if they do it. If they're going to do it, this seems like a great opportunity to do it rather than just a TV taping. Fair enough. And I'm just going to go around the panel and just get everybody's protection. So, Strack, uh, Riddle or Roddy? It's probably going to be Riddle. Scott? Riddle, for the honour of the flip-flop. <laughs> and Gary, uh, flip-flop and a pole match, who's winning? A flip-flop <laughs> and a pole match? Uh, oh, you give um, uh, Vince Russo ideas there. Uh, <laughs> I can't see past uh, can't see past Riddle for this match. Cool, and I'm going to handle the sandal. I'm going to go with Riddle as well. So <laughs> as we move on to our final talking point of the night, it's a, a fatal four-way ladder match, which 
they're always immensely matches. It's for the NXT Tag Team Championships. It's the Forgotten Sons, the Street Profits, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, and the other two members of the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. This match came into effect by the, the War Raiders, War Machine, Viking Raiders, Viking Experience. Certain name here because it's probably changed by the time we put this out. I'm not even going to say their names because I actually don't know their new names. Was it, was it Ivar and Eric? That's right. Oh, Christ, there we go. <laughs> uh, Ivar and Eric came back down to NXT. They were going to relinquish them. The Street Profits get in their face and demanded a tag match. And then the Forgotten Sons, outraged that getting to the final of the Dusty Classic got them absolutely nothing, attacked the Street Profits and the insert Viking related name here. And I suppose maybe just because they're two of the best in the business, they've flung the Undisputed Era in here as well. This will be a great match if it starts the match and ends the show. But uh, Scott, do you think the division's harmed by the fact that the Viking Raiders came back down and then didn't drop the titles to end? Yeah, kind of, because I thought they had a golden opportunity on that episode to put the belts on the Street Profits because I think they've had opportunities before, but I didn't think they were quite ready. But I think at the point where I think they're more ready than they've ever been because he had that great promo with them where it's like we can beat the Viking Raiders and then Angela Dawkins went if that is your real name yeah <laughs> that would have gave like a great story throughout the episode and that they, they ha- were going to like throw the titles to him which is usually a heelish ex- action and saying like nobody can beat us and then the fan favourites come out and prove them wrong at the end of the night yeah much to much to the chagrin of Kwaku I've not been a fan of the Street Profits and their gimmick but that night I mean you can't deny they were over as anything they got in the face of the Viking Raiders they had the crowd on their side everything was there you could have done the post-match attack in melee after they won the titles you know Gary do you think they missed an opportunity here by not putting the title on the Street Profits yeah absolutely um, I mean that you're absolutely right what you were saying about the crowd there they, these this team are massive favourites of that full sale audience and the, the crowd the pop that night would have been immense I was really surprised about the decision not to have the War, War Raiders drop the belts because this is what happens in NXT. You pass the torch when somebody gets called up. We all know that's going to happen and we've seen it over and over again uh, over the last 24 takeovers in particular. So it's a bit odd that they've made that call. I don't think it would have ha- damaged the War Raiders to drop the belts to the Street Profits. I would have preferred the War Raiders to continue their run on NXT and I'd preferred their names not to have changed about 12 times as well um, <laughs> along the way. And it just, it, I think it's this this card that we're talking about, whilst it, it's going to be a great show and it's a great card, there are a number of stories that got started that aren't going to see the way through. So it was clear that this ladder match wasn't planned to happen up until fairly recently. Uh, there's different direction being taken with War Raiders, but the, the need for them on the main roster was deemed to be greater. And we talked about some of the other matches earlier on that have come out of the woodwork and were not intended to take place, um, such as Tyler and the Dream from all. But, uh, so yes, if, then it, if the War Raiders aren't going to defend the titles, they should have dropped them, they shouldn't have relinquished them. Yeah, uh, that's my thought as well. Uh, Strack, what about you? I mean, this, this, I've voiced this many times on NXT podcasts. This is my problem and this is what annoys me. They take guys to the main roster and have no, they don't care what happens to NXT. So the, the Viking Raiders, Viking Experience, Space Mountain, whatever you want to call them, 
<laughs> this did sound like a Disney theme park when they called them the Viking Experience, but they took them up to the main roster and you thought maybe they'll come up, showcase and then go back and kind of maybe draw eyes for it, because that's the problem I think Triple H had noticed and he, when he'd done the introduction, like he said, oh, this is Johnny Gargano, this is Tomasa Champa, this is this, this. He's maybe thinking, I'm bringing guys to the main roster and nobody really knows who they are, so that's why they're flopping. So I thought he th- he would maybe bring the the Viking Raiders up, showcase them. People will go, oh, they're on NXT. We'll watch NXT, get a feel for the guys, and then when they come up, it's not Casey. Who is that? It's Casey. Oh, there's whoever. But they kind of just brought them up, never mentioned any of the NXT titles, set them back, dropped the titles, and then moved them to the main roster. And it's kind of like, oh, we've got, we've got the main roster now. We don't really care about these titles. And you're like, well, that's just not the way to do it. We we all love NXT and we'd love the characters, to, uh, the superstars to be treated a bit better than they are when they go on the main roster. But we mustn't forget that the purpose of NXT is to create stars for Raw and SmackDown. I just wish they would plan it a little bit better. I, I agree with you. It is, it's, that's what it's for, is to create a new generation of guys to, to come out and, and, and showcase but they never seem to do it. They always seem to bring out the guys who are amazing on NXT, bring them to main roster. Don't do it, man. Yeah, I mean, you knew they weren't long to hold the belts when they got called up when they came out on their debut in Raw and they even have the belts with them. No, I actually thought I'd missed something. I thought I'd actually missed that they'd maybe lost the titles at some point. I thought, oh, yeah, they, have they dropped the titles at some point? I've missed it. Yeah, I think we all agree that links between the main roster and NXT need to be improved but let's talk about we touched on the Street Profits uh, we'll talk about some of the other teams in this match uh, the Forgotten Sons Scott finalists in the Dusty Road Tag Classic three guys who weren't really doing anything they found their niche as the sort of angry militia that look like they live in the backwoods of Texas what's your thoughts being on the Forgotten Sons so far? These are, these are the kind of guys that have a shelter in their back garden for when the apocalypse comes about but <laughs> It is good you guys can find their news like them and Buddy Murphy when he had the best kits you think like guys who use the fact that they haven't been used to then help get themselves over when they finally start getting opportunities and I think the best match they've had so far was when they had that Dusty Classic match against uh, Ricochet and Black and the weird thing is like that's why I was surprised when the Warriors dropped the belts is that I thought they were saving the likes of the Forgotten and Street Profits as like challenges for future takeovers for the war raiders but then the fact then the warriors came in and just dropped them so I thought like alright especially since like Jackson Riker especially as the third man is giving them like a trans advantage because they've been kind of doing a thing with him and the Forgotten Sons beating the hell of uh, Warkin and Burt for the past few weeks Yeah Strack what's your thoughts on the the recently debuted Forgotten Sons It's ironic I keep forgetting their names Yes <laughs> <laughs> I, keep, I keep oh the Forgotten Sons who's that Eh. Uh, one guy used to be Gunner TNA. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Jason Riker. All right, and then I go there to. I cannot remember. I don't. I don't know what it is about the guys. It's. I know they're decent talent, but I just. I keep going, meh. Uh, Only Larkin and Danny Birch. They had the match with Undisputed Era. Came so close. That was an amazing match. Street Profits are just building momentum week by week. But the Forgotten Sons, I'm just kind of like, you're, you're, you're three guys that you can swap one of them out with another guy with long hair and a beard. And a pole. You can swap them with Buddy Murphy, I wouldn't notice. Yeah. I don't mean to sound bad for the guys, but it's just, that's no. the way I feel with them. 
I think you're right, Strack. There's, I, I feel much the same about them. So, you guys were mentioning a moment ago about you know building fallout shelters in your garden. Actually, we don't we don't know anything about them. They've not done a great deal of character development with them. I'd like to see some more sort of mini feuds from them before they you know they're clearly been building something. Jackson Riker looks he's a man mountain that guy. Uh, they were building to something. They had I think they had a really good match in NXT a couple of weeks ago. There was a six man tag they were in. <laughs> Uh, against Lorcan Burke and oh, what's his name? Also, thank you. Uh, I thought I really enjoyed that match. Um, I, I think this, you know, spotlight's fallen on them just a little bit too early. I'd like to see a wee bit more character development from them. Lorcan and Birch, great team. Awful stop start. They had that great match against Undisputed Era. Got injured. Is uh, it Lorcan got injured? Not really had the same momentum ever since. Yeah, the the thing with Oni Larkin and Danny Burch, I actually didn't realise they were still a team. I assumed Oni is currently on 205 Live. He was recently in a great Fatal Five Way, and Danny Burch has been in NXT UK. I assumed the partnership was done until the recent set of NXT tapings where they've been teaming against the Forgotten Sons in six man tag action. They've, they were in the Dusty Classic. It's it is, as Gary said, stop start, Scott. Um, do you think if they weren't taken away for so long that they'd actually have a chance in this match? Yeah, because they weren't really showing like they popped up on NXT UK back in January or February to have a match with the uh, the Grizzled Young Vets. But, and then, like you said, they haven't been seen that much. I think them and the Ferguson's would have been in a better position if they had been able to continue their feud. But I think, again, with this ladder match being so last minute, they were kind of these two teams were kind of forced into this match and they had to kind of cut that feud short. Fair enough. And uh, the fourth team in this match, it feels weird we've not spoke about them as much, but they're always there or thereabouts. And with the promise that this is the year the whole team holds gold, the undisputed era, the original tag team of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, strike. Thoughts of undisputed era going into this match? Have they just been sort of thrown in there for a bit of name recognition? I think so because the thing you're kind of used to with NXT is it's kind of when you hold a belt it's one and done there's only been a, yeah. a handful of people who's held a title twice Samoa Joe Nakamura Shayna Baszler and obviously Undisputed Era but at the same time it was kind of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and then Kyle O'Reilly and Cordrick Strong but I don't think you really want to make Kyle O'Reilly a three time NXT tag team champion it's the thing is as well I said in a, a podcast ages ago where Ricochet and Adam, Adam Cole he was going to lose the North American title to Ricochet simply because he doesn't need it he's so mm-hmm. over and everybody knows who he is he doesn't need the title so I don't think Undisputed Era need a win in this match because they're always going to be an outstanding team and they're going to always they don't, they don't need gold to be it's like Jake Snake Roberts you, never, you don't need gold to be a big a big star yeah, that's, that's a great point. Uh, Gary, do you think the Undisputed Era have just been sort of shoehorned into this match? Oh, 100%. I mean, the whole match has been created. I mean, I don't mean to sound negative about it, because this will be a great match, and these guys will will probably do things that blow us away when, uh, at TakeOver. Uh, but yeah, 100%. They've just put in it to make up the numbers, to give a bit of star power, because actually Forgotten Sons versus Street Profits versus Lorcan and Birch is a triple threat. It's not 
you know, not going to make you go out of your way to buy a ticket. I don't think. The the point about the titles, I mean, Undispe- Adam Cole's been saying that about the Undisputed Era since January, that they're all going to be draped in gold this year. So they've not, not had much luck as far as that's concerned so far this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think... I think it'll be a great match. So I don't mean to sound negative about it. So, no, no, not at all. I think, I think we agree, Scott. As much as we love the Undisputed Era, this is a a thrown in for name value. Yeah, because I think it's a case of like people have forgotten how good uh, Fish and O'Reilly are as a team because like O'Reilly and Strong were teaming for so long because Fish unfortunately got injured. But these are the two that have the most history as a team. Like they were Red Dragon back in Ring of Honor in Japan. And they won titles everywhere and all that, but yeah, I guess yeah, they kind of have been thrown in. But I think it's a case good that they get a match on takeover because the last few months they've kind of been the background players in the Roderick Strong Cole story. Yeah, it is good because I think we've often gushed on the preview shows and even just shows in general how good Kyle O'Reilly's air guitar playing is. Huh. I think it'd be worth them winning the title just to see that again, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, him, him and that title's like Owen with his salamis. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, just to round this part of the podcast up, going to start with you, Strike. Who do we have winning the tag titles? Uh, profits. Profits. And Gary, what about you? Street Profits is what it is. Street Profits. Uh, Scott? Uh, definitely Street Profits time. I, I think as well, actually, it's I don't see the Forgotten Sons taking it. As much as I wouldn't complain at Undisputed Era winning it, as Strack said, they don't need it. And Oni and Birch aren't really a team anymore. They're going to go back to their respective brands after this. So Street Profits for me, I think it makes the most sense. And if we are going to have the year of Undisputed, I mean, can you imagine the heat for that full sale crowd if Undisputed cheat the Street Profits at the title? <laughs> no, it could be interesting. So... Just before we wrap up, obviously this is the 25th TakeOver. We've been doing TakeOver previews since NXT TakeOver New Orleans, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So just just quickly, if you had to tell somebody to go back and watch an NXT TakeOver match from the 24 previous TakeOvers, what match would you recommend? Scott, I'll start with you. I want to say Cole, the Gargano Champa, the Unsanctioned match, because all the story behind it. Fair enough. And Strack, uh, what were you? Out of the 24 takeovers, you want to pick one match? Just one. Just, just quickly one. Quickly one. It finishes off. Oh, Strack, it's easy. It's got to be Bailey versus Sasha. Iron Woman, man. Well, let yeah, me go. Yeah, back to your bed. I'm uh, planning to go to bed soon. <laughs> don't worry. Oh, you've got Owens versus Balor. You've got Joe against Nakamura. You've got, oh, you've got Cole versus Ricochet. You've got Champa against... Gargano. Yes, that's a lot of matches. I said pick one. You can't pick. This is a sneaky. What's your favourite child? This is a sneaky kind of process of trying to pick matches for the best takeover. We'll actually get a show about this. You know, this is what it was like. I'd say watch the Champa Gargano matches. Fair enough. And I will say, just for a tag team classic, Revival American Alpha NXT TakeOver Texas. Gary's already picked his. Lucy had the gun to his head saying, pick Bailey. <laughs> um, and that's your picks. That's your podcast. If you want to hear more NXT TakeOver picks, you can listen to our Best of TakeOver show. You can listen to our NXT TakeOver previews of the past. You can listen to our, our interviews with WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor talent. 
all that at Suplex Retweet on Android, Spotify, iTunes and Anchor. Also use at Suplex Retweet to find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Let us know your favourite NXT TakeOver match. Let us know who you think is going to win on June the 1st. Let us know what you think of this show, unless it's negative, in which case keep it to yourself. <laughs> I'd like to thank the panel for joining us. Strack. Uh, thank you, man. Scotty Boy. Thank you. And Gary. Always a pleasure, Ross. Of course it is. I've been Ross McLeod and we'll see you next time. Bye. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f*** you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of dick tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Whatever the f*** you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions. Get on it right now!